Welcome back to Elevate Over Time. I'm Michael, the teaching pastor for Elevate Community Fellowship, and we are continuing our overtime sessions right here on Elevate Retake in the season. You got to try this. Today's conversation I have with Evelyn Gill about abundance. It's called Try Abundance, and it's how we live within what God has given us. If you haven't listened to our first conversation in part one, you need to go back and do that. It's called Try Abundance right here on Elevate Retake. In today's overtime session, I dive in deeper with Evelyn to really suss out what does it mean to live within God's blessings and how does the blessings from God that he gives to us extend to other people. So I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. I'm so looking forward to seeing how God impacts your heart because of this. Thank you for being with us. Here's our conversation. All right, all right. Welcome everyone to Elevate Overtime. Super glad you're joining us this afternoon. I'm joined by my co-panelist, Evelyn Gill. It's so easy for me to um, say Evelyn Alanis, (laughs) but that has changed, right? (laughs) That's super exciting. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited that um, I guess we both have chosen to wear appropriate attire. I know. For Elevate Over Time. We're matching. (laughs) We got the memo. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, we're here to have a conversation this afternoon and to answer some questions that people turned in this morning from our conversation about abundance. And I'm super excited about these questions. I think these questions- Those were great questions. (laughs) I'm worried. (laughs) They're some of the best questions that we've gotten so far in Elevate Over Time, and I can't wait to unpack them um, with you this afternoon. But before uh, we do that, uh, would, let's let's pray. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for uh, today. We thank you for the, the chance that we have to, to come and to study your word a little bit more and to, to learn the things of you. And as we talk about abundance uh, a little bit more and see what you have to say from the Bible, God, I pray that it is um, a blessing um, for us, uh, for those that were, are watching this and uh, listening to it later. So God, we leave this completely in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So Evelyn, would you um, summarize for us um, as best you can, and there's no right or wrong answer for this, um, what our conversation was about this morning? Like what was the, the big takeaway? I think the big takeaway was to change our mindset, uh, to not be scared of sharing what we have, whether it's your money or whether it's, you know, input or whether it's in positivity, don't, don't hold tight what you have to your chest because then we'll just be in a panic m- mood, you know, and that is mm-hmm. contagious. You know, you, you won't feel good. Others won't feel good. But if we leave our purpose to God, he can use us. He can use everything that we have because he has been so kind to share it with us. Um, and we can do marvelous things, not by our power, but by his power. And that is mm-hmm. what abundance is. You know, to use the small things that God has given us, but not use it into our power, but use it with the power of God and do great things. Yeah. You know, reach so many people mm-hmm. and, you know, be in constant communication with God, who is the giver of everything. And I think that's kind of the summary of what we talked about. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a God in heaven who loves us. Um, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, pays his streets mm-hmm. with gold. And there's promises in the Bible where he says, hey, if you follow my ways, if you do um, the things that I've called you to do, there's going to be blessings in that. And that kind of leads us into some of our our questions because we talked very um, big picture this morning and uh, we tried to um, just kind of paint the picture of what biblical abundance looks like, what abundant living looks like. Uh, but there's some, some people that, that ask, ask some questions that I think are, are very important, important to um, try to, to look at because the, the thing about abundance mentality is it could so quickly turn into, a, oh, if I do this checklist of things, mm-hmm. I'm going to be blessed. And yeah. I've got to look after the, uh, the material needs of, uh, of my life. I've got to look after all these different things. And God could in some ways look like a vending machine that we put in a couple dollar bills or a couple of quarters and we get out our, um, 
our Sprite, our uh, ginger ale, our Snickers, <laughs> uh, whatever that might is, and we're blessed. But that isn't, I don't think, a picture of, um, of what the Bible has to say. So Not first question that I want to dive in today is, can you unwrap the differences between the gospel um, the Adventists preach and teach and compared to the prosperity gospel that a lot of Christian churches are preaching? So that's a big, that's a big heavy one. Um, and I wanted to take there first. <laughs> so what do you think, Evelyn? I, I don't know. Really, that, that's a really hard question. I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> I think you should start this one, Michael. Don't throw right. me like that. All right. Well, um, prosperity gospel is defined as a religious belief among some Protestant churches that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God for them. Um, key point there, financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God for them. And that faith, positive speech, and donations to religious causes will increase one's material wealth. Prosperity theology views the Bible as a contract between God and humans. If humans have faith in God, he will deliver security and prosperity. Um, and that is taken from the very well-cited source, um, very academically cited source, Wikipedia, uh, for a very quick summary of what the prosperity gospel is about. So that's, the, that's the, what the kind of the main um, picture of what the prosperity gospel is. It's saying, okay, the Bible is this checklist. It's a contract between me and God. And if I do these sets of things, then God will financially bless me um, in this way. But that's not particularly what the Bible teaches. No, I, I don't think at all that that's what the Bible tries to convey. I think that, that from what I read, you know, from my studies of the Bible and from what I um, this whole abundance thing when that what it comes to my mind about that God's going to be blessing me with more than I can imagine he'll open those floodgates I don't think necessarily it's money mm. it's it's what I need and I don't think God's mm. going to give me something that's going to lead me astray from him I don't think he's going to give me more than I can handle my, and I don't think he's going to give me more than he, you know, something that can go up in my head or something, you know, I think he's going to give me what I need at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's going to be abundance. I'm going to be surrounded by the right people, by the right mindset, you know, with the right resources, you know, and, you know, if it's something financially, then yes, you know, whether he's going to bless you, if you really need something, uh, food on your table or something like that. And I think that is what abundance to me looks like mm -hmm. you know and to be in the right space with god to have all the right things not to have an abundance of money yeah. you know and I, I think that that is what you know i was taught growing up and i did attend an adventist high school adventist university so i think that that is a big difference you know that money was never one of the bigger areas that um, the Adventist world has taught me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I really, I appreciate that perspective uh, because the, the Bible, every time that God is saying he's going to bless someone in the Bible, it's always within relationship and it's always within the context of giving. Uh, there's this idea that the reason that I'm blessing you is so that you can give to others and so that you can pass on the blessings. I want to look at um, Genesis chapter 12. I actually want to go there. We alluded to it this morning in our discussion. Uh, but in Genesis chapter 12, it's the, the story of Abraham. It's the, the very beginning of Abraham's life. He's the patriarch. Uh, he's credited with um, being the, the father of the, the Israelite nation and the Jewish nation, um, and as well as the, the follower of the Muslim nation as well. And at the very beginning of his life, not the beginning of his life, but when God calls him and he enters into a covenant relationship with God, uh, Abraham, or God says this to Abraham. He says, go forth from your country. This is Genesis chapter 12, verse one. And from your relatives, from your father's house to the land, which I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great. So you shall be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. 
and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And you read the rest of the life of Abraham, and he doesn't always get it right. Uh, he's uh, quite the interesting character because he vacillates between total trust in God and trying to figure out how to do things on his own. It goes back and forth and back and forth. But God still honors him in that. And what God is wanting him to do is be a living testimony of God's character. He wants him to be someone who, as all the nations interact with him, as he's interacting with different people, people can get to know God because they've gotten to know Abraham. And there was another story that we weren't able to touch on this morning that we brought up as we were discussing on this topic that's actually found in Genesis chapter 13. And this is where Abraham and his nephew Lot are together yeah. and they realize that God's blessed them so much that the, the land that they live in can no longer sustain them both. And so Abraham and Lot go out on this hill and Abraham says to Lot, Lot, you choose where you want to go. You choose where you want to go. And Lot looks around at the land and he's like, well, that land right there, that, that looks like the land that I want. That's the better land. And um, I'm going to take that. Abraham says, okay, say, go, go right ahead. Go and take that. And Abraham gets the other portion of the land that's not as fruitful, that doesn't seem like it's going to, uh, to, to be beneficial to him. But in the end, God blesses him again. Right. And I think that that's part of um, his character of being humble, you know, of, hey, it's, it's fine. You know, you can go ahead and pick. I can share with you. Because even throughout his life, he would always host people and give them the best of the best. You know, he, he wasn't a shy giver. So, and I think that is what really, really sticks, you know, from a person like that. Mm-hmm. And also, if I'm not mistaken, whenever um, we talked about our um, scripture reading in Second mm-hmm. Corinthians 9, 8, right? Yep. Um, if you go down to verse 11, it, mm-hmm. it's, it says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Mm-hmm. So I think that ties in very, very well with what you were trying to say. You know, yeah, he, he will bless you, but it's not just for you to keep and hoard and lock them up in your room and in your hand and, oh, this is all mine just for me. No, it, it's, I'm going to bless you so that you can be generous on every occasion, not on some occasions, not just on the Saturday that you have to give tithes. Mm-hmm. No, on every occasion. Right. And I think that's the biggest difference between the prosperity gospel and the perspective of abundance that we're trying to bring from the Bible today is that the prosperity gospel is focused on okay, I do this checklist of things and I receive from God material blessings. So Mm -hmm. if I'm faithful in my tithe giving, um, if I name it and claim it and God's going to give me that SUV and God's going to give me that mansion on a hill and he's going to free me from my student loans and I'm going to name all these things and claim all that. But that, all of that is completely me centered. That Mm -hmm. is me centric. That's saying, I've got all these needs. This is what I think good living is looked like. This is what I think abundant living looks like. And so if I name and claim all these things, then I'm going to receive it. But all the way throughout scripture from second Corinthians chapter nine, Genesis chapter 12, looked at number 13 and John chapter six, all of these are saying it's from what God gives you, what he's provided for you, for you, then you take that and then bless other people. And it's totally other than me. I'm not receiving the blessing because I'm, um, I'm someone special. Um, yeah, God loves me. I'm his child. Uh, but it's a very self-centered picture of the gospel to say that all the time. It'd be like, I'm God's yeah. child. God's looking after me. He's taking care of me. God's got the whole world in his hands. And yeah. the other 8 billion people that live on this planet, little blue dot in the middle of the universe, God's trying to juggle all of these other things in the world. And I think the beautiful picture of abundance is that God has given each of us a certain amount of resources. Some of us, mm-hmm. it's money. Some of us are blessed with the material goods that, that yeah. we have. God asks us to use those appropriately. Some of us have been blessed with time. Some of us have a lot of time mm-hmm. on our hands, particularly with COVID-19 and the quarantine. We've got access to more time. God says, please use that to my honor and glory. Um, some of us have the capacity to, to love broadly and, and carry on deep relationships with many people. God says, hey, use that. And what God is doing from his position as he's seeing the entire world He's looking around saying, okay, there's this person 
with this blessing and that person with that blessing. And then there's that person with that need. And then that person with that need, can I get this person connected with that person so that this person can be blessed and I'm going to bless this person so that they can bless that. And all these change reactions, all these different things. And so when we talk about abundance, when we talk about church benevolence, when we talk about giving, God is inviting you into the story of caring for people. And he's wanting you to use what he's given you to look after others. Yeah. And that's essentially what he did when he was here on the earth. Mm -hmm. That's all he did. You know, he went from town to town caring for others. I don't think there was once where he was, oh, hey, come just me. Do something just for me. You know, it was like, hey, well, yeah, can you do something for me so I can help all these people? You know, tell all these people to sit down, not just so they can just listen to him talk, but so he can feed all these 5,000 people, not so he can be the center of attention, so there could be organization to get to everybody. And I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I think this leads us to uh, another question that's on our list as we're talking about some of the differences between prosperity gospel and between the way abundance is, is talked about in the Bible. Um, and these two questions um, kind of go hand in hand, and we'll kind of unpack them simultaneously. Um, the first one is, is it a sin to want more in this world? And then the other one is, does storing my treasures in heaven mean I can't want or plan for nice things? Saving for a home, vacation, a car, etc. So those two questions, um, I want to unpack a little bit more with, Evel- with you, Evelyn, and um, see, what you- see what your thoughts are on those. Wow, that is... That is a serious question. Um, personally, I think it, it all depends what, where your mind and where your heart is at. You, you know, because there is a, cases where in First uh, John two fifteen it says, "Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, um, love for the Father is not in them." Mm. So it's. I think. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to have goals and to reach them, but where, where is your heart with God? Is that what the main thing that you're taking all of your time, all of your mind consuming in? I need to reach this. I need to have all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, or is it, you know, Hey, I'm following you, God, and every good thing will just follow after. You know, so I think it, it really all depends where, where you're placing your mind because it's, you're really consumed with just getting that one big car, that one boat, or that one house with huge, I don't know. I don't know what houses. What do we have against people that have boats? I think it's always mentioned with people that, it's like, oh, you got a boat, now you're rich. And like, like, what if people have things boats? Boats are fancy. I think boats are fancy. (laughs) They're fun. Um, I would love to have a boat. Do you have a boat, Michael? Um, My dad owns a boat. So so I, I grew up with one, yeah. Yeah. anyways yeah I I told myself I'm not gonna lie that when I'm you know grown and have <laughs> a career I'm gonna have a boat <laughs> you know so I don't think it's a bad thing to want a boat no you know but I think that the main thing here is chase after God first mm-hmm. you know if, if God is giving you and, and you're doing your part in sharing and you're doing everything that you can to be who God has called you to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just happens that you have a boat and you still have all the means to do the purpose that God has given you, share in the ways that God has, you know, given you the opportunity to. I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-mm. Use that boat for the you know? glory of God. Yeah. Come, you know, a Sunday afternoon, bring all your church friends, you know, let's go out to the sunset, have some good time, you know. It's, it's always a good time. And I remember this, Miss Grady, always um, in the summers when some of the students were there helping, she took me out on her boat once. And I thought that was uh, awesome. Yeah. You know, that's so kind. You know, she, yeah. that was just great. It was, and I didn't know her that well then. And mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought that was still very nice that she invited someone like me. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you're, you're alluding it to it here. But it's what we use, what God has given us, that defines mm-hmm. whether it's sin or not to us, right? 
Um, right. Somebody in your life who's got a boat, no, no hate against boats. Um, <laughs> they use that boat for the glory of God to further a relationship with you yeah. and the rest of the students that they went out with. And you'll forever remember that moment. I will forever think about that Mrs. Grady fondly because she took the time to be with you in a very unique way that's different yeah. than kind of the, the average everyday life. Um, and mm -hmm. to, exactly. specifically to the question of, is it sin to want more of this world? Um, I think that, that that question is, does the, the response to that could be um, along the lines of, why am I wanting things of this world? And am I wanting things of this world to bring honor and glory to God? Um, people will often misquote scripture and say, money is the root of all evil. Um, okay. But the Bible never says that. Uh, it's in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, for the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and perceive themselves with many, uh, and pierce themselves with many griefs. So that's uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. And I think Timothy has a lot to, uh, uh, particularly in chapter, chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, Paul speaking to Timothy has a lot to say about the rich and about how they can relate to others and their faith. And there's some more verses in 17 I want to get to in a moment. But I think the question is, is that the love of things in, that, in the world, is that drawing you away from a relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Is that drawing you to something that's unhealthy? Is it causing you to fall? Is it causing you to fall away from the, ways of, from the way of Jesus? And if it is, then that's sin to you. Not that, man, it'd be really cool to have a boat one day that that's sin. I don't think that is. But is that goal of wanting a boat someday causing me to cut corners at my work so I can jump the ladder quicker? Mm -hmm. Is it causing me to mismanage my money now and embezzle something so that I can store away something in order to achieve that thing? Um, is it causing me to work longer hours at work and so I'm neglecting my family? Um, I think those things um, are the ways of sin. Um, I don't want to say that those specific actions are, are sin yeah. itself and you do that. I, God's bigger, God's bigger than that. And quite frankly, yeah. we're all sinful human beings and we can go out in the parking lot and jump as high as we can. And that's not going to get us any closer to heaven than if we had stayed on the ground. Yeah. But at the end of the day, how is our heart turned towards God? And is money and material possessions getting in the way? Or am I able to use those things that God's blessed me with to bless others and use them with an appropriate mindset? Good answer. Uh, I, I love that. I think that was on point, Michael. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so to kind of further it a little bit more, the second question, uh, does storing up my treasure in heaven mean I can't want or plan for nice things? Let's unpack that one a little bit more. Um, what do you um, think? I think that we can unpack that one a little bit with what we just said. Um, um, I don't think it's a bad thing. And just like you said, um, it's, it's not a bad thing unless you are putting all your focus on that. Are you doing something that you're not supposed to just so you can really achieve that one goal to have that one thing in your life? So, you know, it's, it's, God wants us to have nice things. It was, it's never a plan. God doesn't want us to live, you know, scratching here and scratching there to, live day to day I don't think that's his plan for us you know and so I don't think that you should be worried about you know if you have goals everybody should have goals everybody should want to live a good life but who are you living that good life for like you said who who are you trying to please by having all these nice things and yeah it's fine if you have a you know a really beat down car or something you want a nicer car and that's fine if you want to surprise your wife or just treat yourself I don't know give your kid uh, it's okay to have a good thing but as long as you, your mind and the center of your focus is God mm -hmm. well and I think about the the conversation I had with Chaplain April um, a couple weeks ago about beauty um, mm -hmm. if you haven't listened to that I encourage anybody listening to go back and listen to try beauty a couple one couple episodes back um, in, in this series. And we looked at how ornately decorated the house of God was in the Old Testament and how ornately decorated it is in heaven. And so to say that 
um, we kind of, Christianity has, has difficulty because we're either all in the camp of um, it's all aesthetics or, or nothing, or it's no aesthetics at all. Like we've got to be the, the poor monk that's got only one cloak to our, to our name. We're drinking water and stale bread and just either living that world or living the lavish life. And there's nothing in the middle. And I think that given the example of, of beauty and aesthetics in scripture and given the idea of, of abundance, it's where our focus is. Where's our heart at? Are, are those things uh, drawing us closer to God? Are we seeing the beauty of God in the blessings that he's given us? Are we seeing uh, through the abundance uh, his love? And is that changing our heart and then in turn changing the heart of other people? And Paul had uh, some more to say about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 to verse 17. He says, instruct those who are rich in the, this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. Paul admits, he says, yeah, there's going to be people that are rich in this present world. And is it sinful to seek after the, the things of this present world? No, God calls us to, to, um, to live good lives, to be a Christian example. But as we try to, to navigate all this, if we find ourselves in a circumstance where we're blessed financially, we're blessed materially, that's not something that we just need to completely keep our, our focus on and to, to lord that over somebody else and to say, look how much money I have. We come to church and we drop that hundred dollar in the bill in the, um, in the, in the plate and kind of, you know, kind of make it sure it's not creased or anything and hold it real high and then drop it in the plate um, for everybody to see. It's like, no, yeah. don't hold that. Um, and, and uh, he continues on verse 17. Um, but fix your hope on God who riches, richly supplies us with all the things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation of the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. And so Paul's saying, yes, and. He's saying both. If you're found with blessings in this life, don't totally focus on those, but store up your treasures in heaven. And so to answer the specific question of someone saying, can we, can we have goals and, and want to do um, things of prosperity here in this life and store treasure in heaven? Absolutely. Whatever God has blessed you with, whatever situation that you find yourself in, seek the good life. Seek it um, as best as you can, but realize that there's a yes and. There's a this life and there's the next life. There's the, the time when Jesus comes and we're in God's kingdom. There's no more sin. And Jesus says, and um, I remember the specific reference now in Matthew, um, he says, uh, what profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Yeah. Um, and the Bible never says you can't gain the whole world, so to speak, um, and not keep your soul. You can do that, but it takes even more diligence in a focusing on God. Yeah. Are, are you going to be so sad just for the thought about that when Jesus comes back and you have to leave all this stuff here, mm -hmm. you can't take all those cars, that house, that clothes, that mm -hmm. boat with you. Are you going to be so sad that you're going to say, mm, actually, I, I think I'd rather stick with my stuff yeah. or Hey, you know, it's just stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be with God. Absolutely. And it's Jesus himself in John chapter 10, verse 10, that says, I came mm -hmm. to give you life and give you life more abundantly. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we'll spiritualize that and we'll say, oh yeah, spiritual abundant life, like all this stuff. Jesus says, no, I want to give you that abundant life. That abundant life doesn't necessarily look like having all the material possessions you can in this world, right. but it's making sure that you have enough where you don't have that scarcity mindset where you're trying to hoard for yourself and I don't feel mm -hmm. like I have enough. I got to have all this. He says, no, I'm going to provide for your needs. And it's also in, I'm kind of jumping around all over the New Testament here, but no, it's in I like it. um, the book of Philippians. Um, and this verse is, is often misquoted. Um, Philippians chapter four, verse 14, uh, 13, sorry, 413. I can do all things through him who strengthens me or through Christ who strengthens me, right? And prosperity gospel um, proponents will We'll quote this passage. People quote it out of context when they're facing difficult circumstances and they're like, yeah, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. But the immediate context of Philippians chapter four is the idea of the abundant life. But it takes on an interesting picture for Paul as he's writing to the Philippians 
Um, Because in verse 10, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have received your, um, you have received your concern for me or revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Mm -hmm. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. He says, I can live the life of abundance or I can live the life of poverty all through the strength of Jesus. That is some powerful stuff. And I think that that is the answer to a lot of these questions that we're having. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's the end. Yeah, you can have this and or yeah, hey, maybe you need some here. But and do you have God? Hey, cling to God because. He will provide for your everything, you know? You can live throughout any situation, and God won't put you in any situation that you can't handle. He, he's taking care of you, mm-hmm. you know? We're all strong soldiers, and he's all put things on our, um, on our shoulders because, hey, whether it's a lesson we need to learn, whether it's someone that we need to reach, it's never just a situation because God doesn't like us in that particular moment. Mm-hmm. It's because we can do everything through him. He's the one that's providing for our needs and giving us in in everything. Uh, And that, it's just, it's amazing to me to think about the the way that God encourages us and calls us to live. And it's very countercultural in a world where it's all me, me, me. It's consumerism. It's capitalism. It's saying, what can I do to make a buck? What can I do to get ahead? How can I prosper in this land? God says, no, don't worry about that. We talked about that this morning. You brought this up about how to live the abundant life is to recognize that I'm not the one in control, to place my cares and worries on God and say, hey, God, you provide for me. You be the one that takes care of me and allow me in the abundance or in the lack thereof to understand that I am abundantly blessed because I have a relationship with you. Right. And he is ultimately, because he is the owner of everything, he's the one that controls where your stuff should be going to. Mm -hmm not you. So, you know, there's always, um, I try to always do this in, in my own life. If there's something that I, I want to do or just, Jesus, hey, these are my plans. If, if this is something that you want me to do, let me know. You know, if this is something that you don't want me to do, something that you don't want me to spend on, whether it's mind time, whether it's just time or whether it's an opportunity that I want to want jump to, whether it's money that I'm about to spend or something I I want to put that one specific thing in God's hands because I have no idea what I'm doing mm-hmm. you know I think I know what I'm doing you know <laughs> sometimes we we think that we get so comfortable thinking hey no, no 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 we know what we're doing I'm smart whether it's the young kids that think that we've got the world in our hands or whether it's older people that say hey no we've lived all these years we know exactly how how it all works but at the end of the day you know either one's right or the other one's right but ultimately god god is the one who knows Mm -hmm. so no matter what you have what you don't have put it all on god's hands he's Mm -hmm. the one moving pieces around and he'll do it for you he you know you'll know if god is happy with you and and the way that you're managing your life and just how your heart feels you know you you don't feel guilty You, you feel peace in your heart you feel happy and you'll notice the people around you you know be different and talk different you, you know it's it's the whole atmospheric change that you start to notice once you truly start to engage and give it all to god and that that humbled me because god is like you said he's moving here and he's moving here and you think that sometimes no god is just focused on me and it's so awesome to see every little thing just change all because you're actually giving your everything to god yeah absolutely and that, I think, leads us perfectly into the last question um, that somebody asked that we'll look at this afternoon is, how can our culture of Adventism, um, Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh, the way we believe the Bible, how does that help us in our world that is all about consumerism? So how do we compare the Adventist way? I should back up and maybe say, um, I'll reframe this question um, for this person. Hopefully they're not too offended. How do we... Um, 
follow the way of Jesus and how does the way of Jesus, the abundant life, help us in our world that's all about consumerism? I think we should, how can we tackle that is by starting a revolution like we spoke earlier. Mm. No, I don't think anybody, well, the world is. The world is expecting you to live you know, up to that consumerism world and to chase after all your dreams, to attack and push and, you know, run as fast as you can to do whatever you want, to get whatever you want. But no, hey, that is not our goal. That is not, that is not the purpose that God has placed each and every one here for. So I think that by putting your focus on God and ask him what your purpose is, you know, be comfortable and uncomfortable in where you're at. You know, be scared to take all these chances that God has placed in your hands because it's not going to be easy, but he's going to give you the resources. He's going to give you the right mindset, the right people, the, the right place, the right time for you to do exactly what you need to do. And you're going to do it marvelously. You're going to do it perfectly. And it's going to be awesome. You're going to bless so many people, you know, because you're giving your, your life to God. You're letting him control everything around you. And I think that is what's going to help you go through that consumerism life that is being advertised left and right. And it, I think we should think about what we really need because mm. the, the, the ads, uh, it's so interesting. Uh, there's been books written about social media and its impact about media. And we often think that our cell phones are products that, that we buy and purchase and use them for tools and social media is something that we use to connect with other people. Um, but really, in the eyes of the companies that produce cell phones and computers and social media and news websites, we are the product. We, mm. our attention is being sold to marketing companies. Wow. Yeah. And so when you buy a phone, when you go watch YouTube, uh, when you uh, stream anything, uh, when you're scrolling social media, your time is being sold to marketing companies to put things in front of you saying, you need this. Your life would yeah. be happier if you went this way. And it's so interesting to look at the, the change of advertising in, in the world, particularly the United States, from um, pre-World War II to after World War II. Pre-World War II, all of the different, um, all the, the different advertising talks about how the the integrity of a product and how buying this product you're not going to have to buy it again because it's such a good product and you mm -hmm. just you need it after world war ii and beyond everything is about how you feel this product if you want to live a happy life you need this product if you want to feel better about mm -hmm. this and everything is touchy feely and you look at the like the super bowl commercials i used to love watching those as a kid because you look at the stories you know i remember mm -hmm. specifically um, the Budweiser commercials. I loved those. I, beer's awful. Don't drink it. But the commercials were great because it told the story of the Clydesdales. And then there was a little golden retriever in there, the, the lab or whatever it was. And you look forward to the story and the emotion of it. Um, and you look at a bunch of commercials today. They're all about the story. How does this car make me feel? How does yeah. this product make me feel? How, 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 how do I perceive myself? If I were to be, to have that particular thing, this is how I would feel. And in this world of consumerism, Jesus goes against that and says, I'm all, your need, all you need. You don't need to consume all these things when you have me. So we, when we realize that we are totally fulfilled in Jesus, when Jesus says, I came to give you the abundant life, I'm here to fulfill you. And we go turn to all these other things in the world and it just, it's going to leave us completely and utterly empty. And this, I think this topic ties into Sabbath, it ties into to beauty, it ties into community because the way that we live shows the rest of the world that we don't need everything the world has to offer. When I take a Sabbath rest, when I take 24 hours off and be dead to the world, spend time with my family, don't worry about work, don't worry about school. When I take that time away, that's me saying I'm fulfilled in Jesus. I don't need, need, need all of this for um, this seventh day out of the week. Yeah, the other six days, there might be some things that take my attention, but today I'm setting that aside and I'm focusing on God and focusing on my family and doing what God has called me to do. When I spend my money, when I get giving 10% of your income, when people are being laid off, when jobs are being cut, it's crazy and audacious to think that you're going to give 10% of your income, the biblical picture of tithe 
to a religious organization or to a charity, um, mm -hmm. however you do that, it's crazy to do that because that 10%, that could go to this, that could go to that. But yeah. when we give, when we set up our life in the revolution of Adventism and the revolution of abundance and the revolution of Sabbath, we become living testimonies and begin to create a mini revolution within our own family and within our own mm -hmm. life that will ultimately spread to the people around us. Yeah, the, it spreads to hate. You, you don't need that. Why? And, and I, I love what you said, that God is fulfilling you because I feel that whenever you, we are so after and so consumed by all those ads, because yes, you're so right. Even while I was in school doing research and, and I'd be in like these school websites, you know, reading an article and all of a sudden I had to watch mm -hmm. um, a commercial or two in order to mm -hmm. keep watch, uh, you know, reading or whatever I was doing, and I, you know, and you have to, it's not, if not, then it exits you out of everything. You have yeah. to go back again. Yeah. And it's this story about this guy, he, he's walking home or something. All of a sudden he has a brilliant idea to go buy the biggest, nicest truck. And all of a sudden he gets home to his beautiful family. And you're just like, oh, wow, I think I need that truck. I need <laughs> yeah. to go home to my beautiful family, yep. you know? <laughs> I want that feeling too. It's not that yes. I want the truck. Uh -huh. I want that feeling. It's, and that truck yeah. is a means to get that feeling. Yeah. So it's just, it targets all, all the uh, deficiencies of our cravings and, and not cravings of materials. It's like, oh, wow, I want that family. Yeah. Or, oh, wow, I want that happiness. And it's all because sometimes whether you're consumed by it, whatever it is that you're consumed of, you start feeling drained mentally, you know, spiritually. And, you know, there's nothing else that makes you feel good other than, oh, hey, that commercial, this is what I need to get to that feeling. Yeah. But it's like you said, God fulfills you in all of that because he is the life. You know, he, he, he is just the fountain of living water. You know, you go to him, you won't need anymore. You won't thirst anymore. Because he will provide in all those areas that those commercials or those materialistic things won't ever do. You know, and it's like you said um, earlier, what, what was that amount of money that after that amount of money, they just... Oh, $75,000. Studies yeah. have shown that $75,000 is the cap of, um, you can get more than $75,000 and you won't receive any more fulfillment than what that $75,000 fulfilled you. Yeah, and I think that speaks volumes. Why not? consumerism no if you you can have more you, you should be feeling more you know you should be feeling all this happiness but you, you won't be satisfied because that's not what we need god didn't create us to be fulfilled by just materialistic things yeah. he, he he created us very needy in relationships you know and in, in being in touch with others and helping others and that's why he instills the, that message in every story and almost every story that comes out of the Bible is, yeah, hey, but did you love your brother? Yeah. And that's why that was the most important thing, that he even made that into a new commandment. Mm -hmm. You know, did you love your brother? Did you help them? Yeah. You know, even though you, you were, you know, feeling kind of salty because you had to share, or I don't know what, you know, you didn't want to, you know, <laughs> hey, you, you need to love your brother. You need to help out with those around you. And once you do, they'll be blessed, you'll be blessed, I'll be happy, and it's a win-win-win for everybody. And that testimony to me seems a whole lot more powerful than um, screaming at the top of the lungs that the seventh day is the, the Lord's Sabbath, and if you don't keep it, mm -hmm. you're going to go burn in hell. And um, I, if you don't follow the religion I follow, then you're going to be lost forever. And this, we've got to let the abundant life, the way of Jesus, influence the way that we live. And when we do yeah. that, then we're looking out for the people around us. And I want to finish our conversation this afternoon. Shout out to my mom for sending this text in to me and reminding me of it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Um, and I think it brings a cap to, to all of the, the, the questions that have been asked and what we responded to and kind of wraps up our dialogue today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And it says this, and this is within the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has been teaching about anxiety and about worry. And he talks about the lilies of the field and how they were clothed more beautiful than Solomon. He says, don't, you don't need to worry about where your next meal is coming from. And he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He says, you're worried about where your clothes are coming from. He says, we worry where your food's coming from. You're worried about your material needs. He says, seek me first and I'll... I'll give you everything else. And it's not a checklist. It's not a, okay, 
a uh, a equals b. If I do this, then then this will happen. Yeah. He's saying no. The natural byproduct of a relationship with me means that you will live a blessed life. Now, mm -hmm. your picture of a blessed life might be different from what God's picture very of a different. blessed life is. And you're going to learn very quickly what the blessed life of God looks like. But you're going to be fulfilled in so much more of a deeper way. When the world, yeah. everything the world has to offer, you can never get enough of. You can never get enough money. You can never get enough time. You can never get enough attention. But God says, when you seek me first, everything else will be added to you. And in me, you will have enough. Amen. Amen. And I don't... I want to say to everybody that they shouldn't feel super bad if they feel all of a sudden trapped because it is shooting at you left and right, mm -hmm. all these commercials, all these ads. But if you think that that is, you know, seeing all that and you see that kind of consuming at your feelings so much, kind of delete it. You know, mm -hmm. you can go, go on a social media fast mm -hmm. where you, you don't need to be on every social media. And I did that. Why? Because, you know, at some point in my life, it started getting to me seeing all these celebrities and all these like, awesome cars and boats or boats. Nothing against cars and boats, you guys. It's just a point I'm trying to give across. But you know, yeah, no it's tonight. just like <laughs> no, I love boats. I love boats. But it's it's just that 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 picture of wow, all these people have so many things. Wow, all these people are always so happy and you know all these they probably have no problems in their life things like that that can just bring you down and steer you away to even question god of hey yeah. maybe god isn't looking after me put that away yeah. you know it's also in us and we have the ability to take ourselves out of that situation mm -hmm. why too so we can take that out of our way put something else out of our focus so that we can just look at God, you know, because mm -hmm. if anything else is in the way, take it out. I promise you, you don't need it. Mm -hmm. God is the only one that you need. And like you, like this verse says, you know, everything will come after you, you know, just seek him, seek his righteousness. Always, yeah. always ask him what's right to do that. That has saved me so much. Yes. You know, cause <laughs> he's super wise. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the, the point that you're making is exactly, um, I don't know if everybody caught it this morning. If you weren't on the live stream right at the beginning, you may have missed it. Um, but the video we played at the very beginning of Elevate this morning, as the worship service started, the, the whole point of the video is what you feed grows. And it was framed within the context of worry about coronavirus and everything else going on in this world and um, the pursuit of all this. But ultimately, what we feed grows. And so am I feeding my desire for the materialistic things of this world? Am I scrolling social media wish, wishing I was um, more pretty, more skinny, mm -hmm. uh, had more money, had mm -hmm. more of this, whatever. If, and I'm scrolling social media, I'm feeding that desire. I'm getting that. I'm saying, man, I wish I was this. I wish I was that. But if we took the time, like you said, and took these little black devices who are selling our attention to an ad agency, yeah. set them aside, turn them off, even put yeah. them in another room. Put them outside. I, yeah. They're waterproof up to like 30 minutes now underwater. Yeah, so put it under some be water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Just leave it and spend time with God. Mm -hmm. Everybody's looking at how do, how do I have a connection with God? How do I live the abundant life? What are they? Are you spending time feeding your relationship with God? Are you spending time doing the things that will fulfill you, that will bring you in closer connection with you, that will ultimately satisfy you? that will bring you fulfillment beyond your wildest dreams and that will allow you to rest in the assurance that Jesus is enough. And if you're feeding those things, then that's going to grow in your heart. But as long as you continue to scroll, as long as you continue to wish, as long as you continue to climb the ladder and think about the material things of this world and try to, that's mm -hmm. all going to grow and it's going to ultimately destroy you in the end. Yeah. You can put a big barrier between you and God. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just going to be, you know, harder for you to be able to see where you're actually at, where you need to be going. And that's, I don't wish that upon anybody. I don't want anybody so lost, you know, and it's just better if we try to help ourselves, you know, and if you see a neighbor struggling, be that light to them. Because ultimately, if you're living a certain way, there's going to be this glow, just on you, you know, and I see this glow upon all my brothers and sisters at, at the church. And that is how Jesus uses us, you know, because people, people are always looking, hey, you, you're different. 
I see something in you and I, I wonder why, you know, yeah. and they'll get curious because everybody's looking after that fulfillment, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why people aren't satisfied after that $75,000 in your bank account, <laughs> you know? So let's go out there. Let's share what we have. Let's share the message. Let's share Jesus. Let's share love, compassion, you know, everything else that we can possibly share mm-hmm. just so we can get others closer to God because that is the way that we can bring Jesus closer to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Evelyn, thank you so much for your thoughts, thank your you. study. Um, this afternoon has been a blast. And thank you to everybody mm-hmm. that's been listening um, and chiming in some questions and Bible verses. Really appreciate the opportunity that we had to, um, to dialogue with you a little bit and hopefully provide a little bit more clarity. So as we finish up today, Evelyn, would you mind praying us out? Yes, of course. Father, thank you so much for the Sabbath. Thank you so much for the abundance of life that you have given us. And if it's unclear for someone of where they're at in life, Father, I I pray that you enlighten them, give them the wisdom, you know, open their eyes so that they can see all the beauty that you've put around them, even the smallest things is walking down the sidewalk and seeing a rose at the side of the street. Father, I just thank you for your blessings and always watching out for us and not leaving us here just on blind faith. You've given us this awesome, powerful book that sometimes we tend to forget about, Father, the Bible, where you have so many passages of promises that we can always look to and feel feel fulfilled again because you are the fountain of life, Father. So I ask that you're with everybody this week, anybody who's watching, anybody who might have missed it, Father, all of our Elevate family and those who we're trying to reach, Father, be with all of them. Please be with every step that they take this week, Father, that they talk to you, that they remember you. And if they're feeling a a little lonely, please send each and any one of your servants, Father, that you have here, just a whole um, army of soldiers, Father, just awaiting your command. Father, we're ready, whatever it is that you have for us to do. Thank you again for your love and for sending your one and only son, Father, in giving your one son so that we can all live abundantly and we can all be saved. So thank you again for that lesson and for your love and in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. I really enjoyed my conversation with Evelyn and I hope that you did too. You know, God is a God who seeks to bless us, not just because of, of who we are, but because of our ability to then give to other people. So I encourage you today to try abundance. Try giving back to those who are in need. Try passing on a blessing that God has given to you that needs to be extended to somebody else. And you and God only know how far that that can go and how much your life will be blessed because you've shared your blessings with someone else. And hey, today, why don't you share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it? You know who that is. We don't necessarily know, but we thank you so much for passing it on to someone who needs to hear it. Until next time, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.